P.S. You're Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Everything is awesome. It's really. The songs from this movie are going to be stuck in my head all week. And I'm. I was like, it's uh, catchy. So catchy. All of them. It's just the evil earworm. Yeah. <laughs> mm, mm. If only, if only every album was that good. I know. I know. <laughs> but before we get into that feature presentation, I feel like we have to oh, catch yeah. everyone up on. I mean, there's fun things happening on our social media. If I do say so myself, we are on um, Twitter and Instagram, and sometimes I remember Facebook exists at PS. You're wrong. And I mean, good things, good things. And you can always leave us a review on iTunes or if you know anywhere else to leave reviews. But do we have any yeah. any, any this week? Yeah. We have like a mystery review, which <laughs> it doesn't show up, up on our iTunes feed, but like does show up on the or host like website, thing that yeah. we use. Yeah, I don't know. So anyways, <laughs> it, it's from a little while. It's from back in December, <laughs> but we're just finding it now. So I'll read it. Yeah. Um, it's from Tui the Bird. Nice. And it says, fresh, fun, fresh and fun culture treat. Uh, the ordinary fan podcast we dream <laughs> we'd make with our friends if we only had the time. <laughs> and if we were actually as funny and spontaneous as friends Matt and Shelby are Aww. IRL. That's in real life. Yeah. For those of you who don't know. Um, light Thank and fluffy, you. but not dumb. Oh, that is the key. Not nice. dumb. Nice. What a win. It makes... I know it makes the weekend housework speed by and it's cheered me up on dark days Aww. and at risk of buying into there, who gets more good comments, fake feud. Um, it's a real it's feud. Definitely Shelby real. sends me yeah. angry texts that are like, why do they say something nice yeah. about you? It's real. Uh, okay. So blah, blah, blah. at risk of buying into their fake feud, real, real feud, feud. Uh, Shelby's take on a star is born was more accurate than almost all the mainstream reviews. Oh so, yeah. What, what, what? Snaps. Snaps all around. That is such a nice... But, like, wasn't your <laughs> review of that movie kind of just poached from my <laughs> takes of that movie? No, your take was just, this trailer sucks. You know, I gave it some thought. You know, I I haven't listened to that episode in a while, but I think I really... I really put some heart into it. You know, it wasn't just reactive. I, I just listened to it yesterday. <laughs> I'm on a I'm on a re oh, yeah. a rewatch just of our back. of our because we have this is our thirtieth episode. Oh so like my we've been, goodness, dirty thirty. That's a benchmark of yes. something. I know the dirty thirty. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And anyways, I was listening to that episode and I felt like, you know, I had a lot of really great things to say. Sure. Like, this movie was terrible. <laughs> it shouldn't be nominated for anything. Yeah, well, I mean, the universe hates you because look at where we are now. But... And the universe hates you too because Bohemian Rhapsody. So... <laughs> we can't all be winners. But um, yeah, mm. I feel like that's a nice review. I mean... I don't know how I feel about being the, what is it, the ordinary podcast <laughs> everyone wishes they could make, but I'll take it. You know, at least we're funny. Yeah. So. You know, it's, it's that thing where like, yeah, for how long were we saying, we should do a podcast. We, it would be fun to do a podcast, but then like we never did, <laughs> but then we eventually did. Yeah, you're But welcome. I think most people just never do. Yeah. Or this is, this is a thing I have noticed, which I am like fending off. 
with okay. uh, you know machete is that I feel like I have a lot of friends who launch a podcast. They're like <laughs> want to be influencers, launch a podcast. It goes for like four episodes. <laughs> All of the episodes are like ten minutes long, and then you just never hear about it again. So, so we're already. Doing I appreciate better. our. <laughs> Our endurance yes, in lasting episode for 30, 30 episodes. Way to go, team. Fake feud off for a minute. I think we both do a really good job, you know, but um, feed back on. So. Oh, thanks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but let's get into it because I feel like this week there has been a lot of fun, juicy pop culture stories. So can I start? Yes, of course, go for <laughs> Yay. it. Yay. Okay, this one is like C-list level, but it was so entertaining to me. Um, Dina Lohan, the mother of Lindsay Lohan. Yes, she's on Big Brother. <laughs> oh, she Are is? you bringing up a Big Brother? Oh, I don't know if this is where the story came from, but she admits... I'm she sure says, it was. She says that she has a boyfriend of five years, that she's like, I'm going to marry him. Turns out, though, she's never met him and never seen him because, quote, he doesn't do FaceTime. <laughs> Is this was this revealed on an episode of Big Brother or did it just come out? I mean, it, it has to be. That's where <laughs> this story has to be from. But I'm like, it's that show was on like every night of the week, so I'm a couple episodes behind. Oh, so okay, I haven't okay. heard. So, yeah, and, this is and I've been avoiding spoilers. Oh, I'm co- so this sorry. Is, this is insane. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. This isn't like an actual spoiler. I just don't want to know. if. She, so I guess right. she's still in the house or was at some point. I don't know. That's insane. Isn't it? And it's like, it's not like he lives in a different country or different time zone. He lives in San Francisco. So it's like, how has it been five years and you've never managed to make it to San Francisco, first of all? And how has it been five years and you've never been suspicious that like you haven't seen his face, you know? Like so Skype. she's been being catfished for five I years. Yeah, Dina everyone, Lohan. Yeah, everyone's like, you know, this isn't a real guy, and she's like, no, no, no. I've like talked to his mom on the phone and stuff. Like he's just busy like helping her out or something. And I'm just like, oh. I have this so many is questions. So shady. <laughs> it's just like if you're in what you call a relationship, like you call him a boyfriend, like you're li- you're like dina lohan like you're you have enough money to buy a ticket to san francisco you know like i don't know what her holdup is or if she's just in denial or if it's a fake boyfriend and she just is trying to hide that but something fishy <laughs> is going on there so yeah yeah this is weird <laughs> i will have to catch up on the show and report yeah. back on See if there's more context what i learn <laughs> i know but i mean you know true love finds a way so maybe maybe they will maybe he does exist and they will get married maybe he just has like a birthmark like the girl in ready player one and he's just embarrassed and (laughs) well also if you ever watch the show catfished those (laughs) people like stay together and give it a try more often than you would think they would yeah like the like the person who is being catfished will show up it'll be someone completely different and half the time they're like you know what? But we, when we talked for two years, like I felt right. like I got to know you so well. Like I'll, like I'll give beyond. this a shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm always like, what are you thinking? You are insane. This person has been I lying know. to you. I know. And is Built not even lo- the lies. same like age or, you know, they're <laughs> married and have six kids. And you're like, you know what? Those conversations we had yeah. over text about the Super Bowl really were meaningful <laughs> to me. So, I'm going to stick with you. Yeah, well, they should do a follow-up, see who stays together, you know? Maybe it really they should. doesn't matter. That's a series. <laughs> Didn't, that show got canceled, though, because of the 
the guy who hosted it was like creepy or something, right? I, I like don't remember. I can't remember. Well. Probably. He was probably catfishing someone the whole time and <laughs> just became oh my too gosh. bad. <laughs> Drums. Yeah. Okay. But what do you have? What do you got? Um, okay. So <laughs> I have a story that, you know, it really like uh, it was everything and then it was nothing <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> so earlier guy. this week, I know I was like, I was like the highest highs and the lowest of lows. <laughs> earlier this week, Ryan Murphy, who is the like director, oh, showrunner yeah. <laughs> person of American Horror Story, put up a thing on his Instagram that was a picture of um, Emma Robertson's Scream Queens, which yeah. was like one of my favorite shows <laughs> that got canceled too soon and was like, hey guys, like I'm thinking about maybe bringing these characters back. Like, would you like to see them in the TV show or a movie? <laughs> Ryan Murphy, you know, used to do things for Fox and then got bought up by Netflix. So now he's over there. And immediately all of Twitter and the internet was like, yes, Scream Queens is coming back. It's going to be a Netflix show season three. This is going to be great. (laughs) And then it came out like, oh, Fox still has the rights to it. And they're not really interested in doing anything. So there probably won't be a a follow up, but like maybe. (laughs) And Emma Roberts like wants to, but like, will they be able to legally? And I was just so depressed because I thought that the show was over forever. (laughs) Then they really got me all riled up. (laughs) <laughs> and then they realized it was all for not. So Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought of you. I meant to send like a like a a text to let me let you know I was thinking of you, but I just forgot. So <laughs> I'm sorry I mean, you went I through that. Say, <laughs> oh, I know. I know. It was like so it was basically trauma. the same thing as like when you like in the movies where they where it's like a mother and they're like your son's coming home from war and then he comes home and And it's it's not not the son it's a different person (laughs) that this is the equivalent like exact same levels yeah Yeah, that's how i felt that is so Mm -hmm. rough i'm so proud of you for coming through that stronger you know i know i I almost canceled the podcast this week but (laughs) i pulled it together at the last minute the truth is though the show was way too gritty and edgy and funny for fox anyways <laughs> and netflix okay. it would be the perfect place for it yeah did you even I ever heard... watch it shelby no 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 i didn't um i heard they were gonna try Ugh. and do a movie though did that turn out to i mean i would the be there i would be but i think it would be a netflix movie if they did oh, one. I see. yeah 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 i mean the the show did not do well on fox <laughs> there's no way that they're what? rebooting it for a movie <laughs> in theaters <laughs> Not because it wasn't a great show, but because right. it was. It was before you know. its time. You would like it, Shelby. There's a lot of Taylor Swift references. I in. know. I did see those. They would pop up on my on my other my Swiftish. Feed. They were mostly anti Taylor Swift <laughs> sentiments, but yeah. they were still entertaining. <laughs> they were there. Yeah, I know. I um, I I would say that I'll watch it, but. I gave Riverdale a chance and I feel like that was my good deed of the of the year. So <laughs> how much of Riverdale did you watch? We are you still watching it or are you season. done? We started the second season and it just was kind of less focused and like kind of not as oh, interesting. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. we gave up, but I'll like put it on when I'm at the gym or something sometimes. So so we'll see. <laughs> It is so bad and it is so wild. <laughs> yeah. The first yeah. season, like, sort of made it is bad, but like in a way that's like yeah. it sort has, of like, he- a structure together. Right. Yeah. And then seasons two and three are just like 
insane and terrible, <laughs> but sort of like the train wreck you can't stop watching. So yeah, I mean, it's just I a different type of television. See a movie poster with Cole Sprouse on it because I guess he's making it now, and he's going to be in a YA romance where they're like five oh, feet apart yeah. or something. <laughs> I want to see that. It looks terrible. Where they both yeah. have some kind of weird some like disease. cancer and they can't be near yeah, each other, but yeah. they're in love, but they're dying. <laughs> yeah. Dina Lohan can relate, I guess. It's like, who needs to be close to your partner? Love yeah. knows no bounds. Well, that's what he told her. He said, <laughs> I like... have a special kind of cancer <laughs> yeah. and I Don't am not allowed. No one's allowed to look at my face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's the real deal oh well we solved it but um i read another interesting story justin bieber and his new wife Haley baldwin bieber are on the cover of vogue and oh yeah so i read the article they have just like a weird relationship i guess they'd known each other a while they had like a fling earlier in their like friendship and this is alec baldwin's daughter no 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 it's like a niece no a niece it's like okay, it's maybe, one of the brothers. Maybe daughters? it's one of the other. Yeah, yeah. I don't think okay. it's Alec Baldwin's kid, but they're related. And so, anyways, he, they got like married. So they they're married. She's twenty two. He's like twenty four or whatever. They got married because <laughs> so <laughs> Justin Bieber's been through a lot, and it's like sad. And like you know, we could talk forever about like the child celebrity culture and like how we ruin these people but basically he was talking about how he he became like he had like a lot of reliance on drugs and alcohol and sex and so he decided to go celibate and like became a born-again virgin and so when he and Haley started dating he was celibate and that's sort of what motivated the the rush to court um marriage oh to get married yeah so they could finally connect on that level and he (laughs) says in this article he's like i believe god blessed me with Haley as a result of his celibacy so anyone who wants to date a supermodel there's the (laughs) solution for you oh wow celibate but they're basically like really unhappy in this article like they're just like they've been married since i don't know like october or november and they're like oh marriage is hard work like anyone who says it's easy isn't isn't telling the truth and like you have to really commit and like we're in therapy we're like talking through our problems we're like learning to cohabitate and i was just like like yeah marriage is hard or whatever but it's sort of sad that these newlyweds in their teen you know their early 20s feel so like burdened by the weight of this relationship already so it was just a little it was a weird cover story and they just came came away kind of looking like i don't know just kind of sad i guess (laughs) I mean, here's the thing. I think marriage is difficult for anybody because you have to stop, like, just thinking about yourself and start thinking about another person. Right. I think that would be especially difficult if you're someone of Justin Bieber's caliber, (laughs) where for years you've not only had you only thinking about yourself, but also, like, dozens of other people also yeah just circling you and then now you're tied to this other person who is not a yes man but actually has thoughts and feelings of her own that are butting up against yours so i can see how that would be difficult the thing with justin bieber though is i think he was messed up from even before he was a celebrity because his dad is so weird i don't know if you've like followed him at all in social media (laughs) or whatever over the years but some of the stuff that he has said and done is bonkers so yeah that's like a whole nother issue. I know. And he had like the whole Selena Gomez, like on and off. He's just been through the ringer. And I think 
I mean, he found this church again and that's when he connected with Haley and they were like, we're not going to be friends. And she's like, what do you mean? And then they (laughs) got married. And so it's just like, it's been a, it's been a whirlwind of a few years, I guess. And so hopefully they can, you know, I mean, they're, they're figuring it out. So that's good. But there's, they're making final plans for a real wedding. So we still get the big splashy Vogue spread there, I'm sure. So something to look forward to. Who is more messed up in their dating relationships? <laughs> Justin Bieber or Ariana Grande? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't want to cast stones, you know. I would say Justin Bieber. Has... What is the point of a podcast if we're not <laughs> casting stones, Shelby? I mean, Ariana Grande's only had like four four really four serious relationships and I think the Pete Davidson one was just a sad kind of bad bad timing because unfortunately her ex you know mac miller had that died of an overdose so that would just be totally terrible yeah, on but any that was a weird relationship too <laughs> yeah well like the before heart wants all of what that it wants you know i don't know i guess i would say i respect ariana grande as a mature human more than justin oh. bieber <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure mature human has ever been a phrase applied to Ariana Grande before, <laughs> but I appreciate more you giving Justin her that moniker. Bieber. I mean, I just respect I mean, maybe. her more. <laughs> in a in a race for the bottom, the two of them. My God. Why are you a hater, Here's the sad man? here is the sad here is the thing. Taylor Swift could give both of them like just years and years and years worth of advice on how to be like a normal grounded person in a relationship yeah. and deal with that calmly. Like that, <laughs> like that's the level the two of them are at that she is like, she's ah, yes, older, the, you know, she's yes, been through more. So wise. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you're hating on Ariana so bad. Well, a part, partially, I mean, I don't know if you want to get into this now or if you're <laughs> saving this for later, but I listened to her album, which just came yeah. out and I was, and I was so underwhelmed and she just, mm. I feel like she's had about three good songs in her career and mostly she just sounds like bored when she's singing. <laughs> like this whole album is just sounds like well, so lazy. It's like she barely she's showed up. But that's like her vibe, right? Like that's how she's, that's like her, I don't know what, I don't know how what you're referencing. Like, what are you comparing? Like, did you ever like any of her albums? Like, I feel like this is sort of, I just, <laughs> I don't know how to discuss this with you. Cause I feel like you've already decided you don't like Ariana Grande, which is fine. Well, I but did. I just think you need <laughs> so... to, <laughs> I just don't know. Like, I listened to her music and I decided I didn't like yeah. it. <laughs> so like who is your who's your pop music icon? Like I feel like do you even like Kanye West? Kanye <laughs> He's not pop music. He's not he's not pop at all. Do you um, like Oh pop? oh pop? Yeah. Um because I feel does like Be- you don't Beyonce really doesn't like. count as pop, okay, does she? I mean Beyonce. Well, I, guess I like I mean I um a pre recent albums Katy Perry I think is oh, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um I like uh earlier Lady Gaga. I think mm, she's okay. good. Yeah. <laughs> um there are there are parts of uh, Taylor Swift is a lot better than this Ariana Grande Whoa, album. Oh, that's a win for me. And it's not me. even we close. Finish now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you next. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean I I respect that you didn't want to do a whole episode about Ariana Grande's new album, but I mean, spoil, uh, spoiler alert. That's what I was going to bring up for my love it or hate it. So we can talk about it more then. But, um, do you have oh, okay. any other, um, 
any other gossip you want to get into from this week or yeah so so <laughs> I have an interesting story that I was reading about online that I think is interesting involving like social media culture so mm-hmm. I don't know if you know there's a meme account uh, oh, called yeah. like F word Jerry yeah. is uh, yeah. like not to say F the word Jerry. on our yeah. podcast, but yeah, like <laughs> F Jerry and it's a meme account. He is on Instagram and posts, you know, like mm-hmm. gifs and funny videos and memes, you know, of all varieties. Mm-hmm. He's been doing this for like years and has really started a, a mass following. Yeah. I mean, they developed a the game. What do you meme? That's been huge. Yes. And he has, the they were, Jerry they were media. somehow involved with fire festival yeah because there's like this jerry media somehow involved in fire festival but it came out like it's i mean it's been known for a while but like sort of has been coming out that a lot of the content that he uses a lot of the memes that he posts aren't his he Mm -hmm. steals them from other people and then posts them and it used to be that he would just post them as his own eventually he sort of got called out for that and then sort of started posting like attribution sometimes for things but not always but this journalist at vulture decided that like enough was enough she was annoyed with the (laughs) fact that he continued to get followers he has like 14 million followers on instagram for posting this content that's not his own that he steals from comedians and writers so she started this movement that's like f f jerry (laughs) and she posted this thing that was like look he has the power because he has followers. If we start unfollowing this account, then he'll lose money, he'll lose power, and he'll start actually, and people will be held responsible for posting contents that's their own and not stealing it from other people. So she started like trying to reach out to celebrities to Mm -hmm. get them to use their platforms to get people to unfollow this account. And over the past week, like all of these big name celebrities have started posting things saying unfollow f jerry like get rid of him from your account like we need to lower this down and he has lost like a million followers in that time period which is insane and all of these people are now unfollowing him it's like this cool trend that you like unfollow jerry's account yeah but i like this new trend of like ah the new way to take down somebody is to try to get people to unfollow them (laughs) i think that's like an interesting phenomenon that's occurring yeah, I, don't know, I did mean, you follow this story? I did, and I think the reason a lot of celebrities got involved is because not only has he been stealing like jokes, but he's also been using like screen grabs of like different tweets from famous people and using them as ads and like promotions for like what do you meme and like I think he has an alcohol beverage like that he promotes or sells or something so he's constantly like using them as free ads kind of implying like oh this cool celebrity likes my drink like why don't you buy it or whatever and so I think he just made some enemies of these people who are like you don't get to use my name to like get you money and so it is kind of interesting to see the different motivations behind it because I don't think it's all like Oh, respect the artist, like give the original. Yeah. I think some of it's like name, <laughs> you know, like you can't use me. I'll show you. But it is interesting. And I think it is kind of, I mean, I suffered from someone stealing one of my tweets and it really like affected me because I got like, oh my God, I know because I got like 35 likes on it. And this one, it was on a Swiftish account or something. 
And one, I know one of these BuzzFeed people followed me. And then like an hour later, they posted the same thing and got like a thousand likes. And I was like, <sighs> I was like, how rude. <laughs> it's just like the wild, wild west out there. So I think people are trying to figure out how to protect their voice and like creation because mm-hmm. it hasn't really been respected before because it's just like, oh, it's Twitter. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's just a meme. Like, you know. I always wonder... I mean, BuzzFeed seems like sort of a shady place to me to begin with, but, (laughs) and I don't necessarily think that their content is always great, but they, (laughs) like, I am always interested in when they have those articles, it's like 37 reactions to the latest episode of Game of Thrones, and it's like people's tweets and GIFs and stuff. Like, are they, do they have to contact those people before they put them in the article, or they can just steal stuff and slap it in their articles? Well, and it doesn't count as stealing, right? Because they technically... Are just like it sourcing it, you know, yeah, yeah, from Twitter, yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah, but it is weird. They make content that they get, you know, ad space on, and they get money for based on people's clever comments <laughs> that they right. didn't write. Yeah, so I know it's sort of funny to read those, but I'm still waiting for the day when I make it on a BuzzFeed article. So, <laughs> well, didn't you? That's didn't the Swiftish goal. account make it on? It made it on something. It did. It made it on like some weird. What's the like bustle? It made it on a bustle article. So oh, okay. <laughs> so less highbrow, you know. <laughs> well, or maybe Buzz more food. highbrow, but less yeah. well known. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but one day we'll get there, and then we can be we can be mad and tell everyone. Oh yeah, follow Buzzfeed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or or we can just put add like endorsed by Buzzfeed on yeah. our you know. <laughs> social media yeah. stuff. it'll be great we can own it yeah for sure um, but yeah i mean i don't really like f jerry just because they are kind of just thieves and copycats so it's like whatever. i'm not a big meme account person do you follow <laughs> a lot of meme accounts because i really don't i follow the bitch one who she oh, does a yeah. good job of of sourcing content and that's the only one i follow rob follows a lot more but yeah, I feel like I get enough memes on it, Twitter, so <laughs> I don't feel well, the every, rush. Every now and again, I'll go to like Beige Cardigan or somewhere and like go through their stuff and just kind of yeah. like look at them. <laughs> but I don't follow any of them, and and they yeah. throw off the vibe of my feed. You know what I mean? Like when you're going right. through and you're looking at cool pictures, then all of a sudden it's like weird memes. There's I'm like, like no, this meme. is a this is not <laughs> the like, this is not the place no, no, no. for this. <laughs> Where are my brunch photos? Like yes, I need more yes. brunch. Yeah. <laughs> I need more of the Emmas in my life. Where's the I know, for yeah. real. For real. The Emmas. Except <laughs> so for Emma Stone doesn't have an Instagram account. So oh, yeah, drama there. And Emma cool. and Emma Watson is only like half active. And <laughs> Anne Hathaway, as we learned last week, not necessarily great on She's Instagram. not great. Yeah, <laughs> she tries. Uh, <laughs> but um, should we get into the main event? Should we break down the Lego Movie franchise? Yes. A little bit? Yes, I'm the Lego Movie for this one. two, the second part. The That's second the, or, part. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the feature I presentation. Know. This is exciting because you have never, you had never seen the first one or any of the Lego movies, correct? No, I hadn't. I think that the the first one came out, what, in 2014, I Mm -hmm. believe? Um, And, you know, there are certain periods in my life when I saw lots of movies (laughs) and certain periods where I didn't. And that was like after I had graduated from college and was starting my first job. And I think I was just busy and wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily I did I wasn't like with my family or people who would 
have <laughs> decided to go see the animated Lego right. movie by themselves. And yeah. so I didn't go see it. And then, you know, I remember the hullabaloo of it not getting nominated that mm-hmm, year for the Oscar, mm-hmm, but I didn't really pay any attention to that at the time. And then, yeah, the second one, I saw that it was coming out and you and I and you were like, oh, I love the first one. Let's cover this. And so last Mm -hmm. night I watched the (laughs) first one. And then this morning I got up and went to a 9 (laughs) a.m. showing of the Lego movie part two, which this is a side tangent. Which, but I feel like it's sort of kind of interesting and something that I don't think we've talked about on the podcast before. But do you have like an ideal movie watching scenario of like how you <laughs> like to watch movies? Because growing up, my family only really went to matinee movies. I never went to uh-huh. movies in the evening. We would get up on Saturday and like drive the minivan to the movie theater, watch like the earliest possible showing of something and then go home. And so for years, that's just what I assumed like most people did when watching <laughs> movies in theaters. And that's like how I like to go see things. And then mm-hmm. I realized later like, oh no, most people go see movies at night, like yeah. <laughs> on a Friday night. And I'm like, oh gosh, no, like I'll get... When I go see movies at night, I get like get tired. I don't like it nearly as much. Like an early Saturday morning Such movie slot is a gem. Yeah. And I saw this How in IMAX. There was like 10 people in the theater. It was huge. I was like, this is glorious. Like, this is how I want to see everything. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I've done both. And I feel like I usually like having a bigger audience just because it feels more engaging. And like you can like feed off of everyone else's laughs and reactions and whatever. But I also feel like more and more, the bigger the crowd, the worse they're behaved. And so like, I went and saw another movie this week at night with a bunch of friends. It was a full house. And all these women oh, wait, in you were see? just on. We went and saw What Men Want. Ugh. And it was fine. <laughs> but all these women were on their phones. And like, when Rob what? and I will go to na- night movies, there's like people who are, it just drives me nuts. Like, I just, I want to just slap people who pull out their phones and like, don't even lower the brightness or try to like hide it in their purse or something. They're just like shamelessly, like full on texting or scrolling through Instagram. I could write a whole thesis paper about how the generation now just can't even survive two hours without checking their effing Instagram and it drives me bonkers. So sometimes the earlier shows, you just avoid that sort of crowd. So it just depends on the mood. It's, if, if you go early in the day, it is old people and children. That's who it, <laughs> yeah. That's who it is. Yeah, it's true. But I also feel like one time I went to a afternoon showing and like people were just like, Maybe we just have bad theaters here, but they were just kind of like whisper chatting about not even the movie. So it's like, just get the F out, you know? It's like, why are you here? Why'd you spend money to sit here and talk about your brunch plans? Like, I just can't stand it. (laughs) I will say this. New York is full of old single people who go to see movies by themselves and they have no qualms whatsoever (laughs) about shouting across the theater to tell someone to turn their phone off or or quiet down like sometimes it's it's things that are so minuscule that it's like you are now interrupting my movie by telling somebody else that they're interrupting it'll be like somebody unwrapping like a candy (laughs) three rows in front of you and they'll be like excuse me we're watching the movie <laughs> you should have unwrapped your lozenge before we started. It's like, 
bro, like calm down. I didn't even know yeah. anything was happening, and I'm watching the two of you <laughs> fight over a candy wrapper. Like, calm down, sir. Yeah, yeah, I know. I feel like the communal experience is, you know, both good and bad. You get some good stories out of it, though. So that's at least yeah, <laughs> that's true. But okay, anyways, back to the Lego Movie. But back to the Lego Movie. So yeah. give us your experience with the first one and kind of like what you oh, were yeah. expecting for the second one. And I guess maybe set up the plot of the first one a little bit too, like just in broad Yeah. Strokes, so in case people the seen original Lego movie was kind of announced to a bunch of eye rolls because everyone was like, this is the thirstiest cash grab for like a toy company in the history. How can you make a movie about Legos, you know? And I was definitely like on that side. I was like, this is embarrassing. Like cinema is dying. Like, <laughs> Get it's like the emoji movie this. or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just like too much. And eventually, though, like when the tr- first trailer came out, everyone got really into it because it sort of introduced this story of um, I should have looked up all the names and stuff. But Emmett, Emmett? is the main character. He's um, living in this perfect little town where everyone sings. Everything is awesome. And they all do the same thing. Happy, happy, happy. And it's run by Lord Business and everything runs smoothly. But then there's these builders who realize there's something shady going on with Lord Business and he wants to make everyone stuck in the most perfect stance with um and so these builders are trying to avoid that fate and kind of save the universe and they realize that there's this chosen one which is unfortunately for them Emmett who knows nothing and is really naive and silly and so Anyways, they go on this adventure, super crazy, funny. And the thing with the movie is that it surprised everyone is, I mean, it was from the duo... um, Lord and Miller. Lord and Miller, who have done like 21 Jump Street and Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. And so they're known for like taking these things that should never work and really making a fun twist on them. And so the Lego movie did really well And everyone was just impressed by the sharp wit and this like rapid fire joke. Like honestly, watching it in theaters was just an insane experience because we went like opening weekend. So we hadn't really heard anything about it. But it was just so funny, so fresh. It was just like pop culture commentary and just like funny jokes and references and all these crazy character like famous Legos that would pop up. And you had like Wonder Woman and Aquaman and like all these DC characters and abraham lincoln and just like crazy 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 fun stuff and it was also just an amazing animation because it was the first lego movie and it was the first like they ever tried to do animation like that so it was sort of like you know how everyone reacted to spider-man this year was how they reacted to the lego movie in 2014 because it was just truly like mind-boggling to see and so i mean i loved it Because the animation style is really unique because Mm -hmm. all of the animation is built with Legos. So, like, the backdrop and the cars and the characters are all built with Legos. And there's a genre of film, which I was not previously aware of, called brick films, which are movies that people make using actual Legos that are, like, stop motion, (laughs) kind of like claymation, but with Lego pieces. And so when Mm -hmm. they were designing the original Lego movie, even though it's 100% animation, it's and not like the actual Lego stop motion. It mm-hmm. It is trying to use that as the form. So the, the characters kind of move in these like kind of jilty stop motion looking right. way. Yeah. And, and they can't all move of the their pieces. elbows. And right. like it follows the rules of Legos, which was a clever idea. Cause it wasn't just like, 
Transformers where they created this universe. Yeah. That was like, oh, well, these toys are actually a part of our world. So it was more like this was literally Legos that were, you know, Legos. So they moved like Legos and the same Legos were like referenced, like the Spaceman Lego was like a famous Lego. So it was a lot of fun for people who loved Legos. It was a lot of fun for kids who liked bright, shiny, happy movies. And it was a lot of fun for the adults in the audience because there were references to literally everything. It was just insanely packed with jokes. Well, that's something that that I was curious about with the first one and with this one yeah. is that Lego has the right to a lot of different properties <laughs> that they yeah. make Legos for. You know, they have Harry Potter, they have the Ooh. Marvel, they have Star Wars, they have like historical figures. Um, yeah. And then obviously like sort of whatever you can make using those pieces. And uh, so a lot of those references are in the movie. Like one of the yeah. main characters is a Batman Lego. And I wondered like <laughs> with the rights of the situation, is it because they have the rights to the Lego that, that they can just make the, put them in the movies or not like the Chewbacca's in there, like the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> it was, it's, it's it has so many Easter eggs because they have so many properties right. that they can just kind of like plop in here or there. There's a section where they're, where like a speed racer Lego like pops up <laughs> out of nowhere in the original. Like it's, oh, yeah. there's just so many different things going on that you're watching. Yeah. Like, I feel like I could rewatch the first movie again right now, even though I just watched it last night and get oh, a whole yeah. bunch of different stuff out of it because there's so many of these things going on in the background. It's sort of like ready player one in that <laughs> way. Well, it's better, but yeah, yeah, exactly. It was like everyone, like it got 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. It was a huge hit. Like it earned like, so much money in the box office. I think like four sixty nine million worldwide, just like a huge deal. And it won like a BAFTA award. It was a Critics Choice Award, um, Saturn Award for Best Animated, Golden Globe for Best Animated, and then snubbed for the Academy Awards, which was in itself a huge cultural moment because everyone was like, "How could you ignore this masterpiece?" And so I think you know, it was it was announced right away that there would be sequels. And of course they would. They had just created this amazing franchise that really worked. And so the first, the Lego movie sequel was supposed to come out like a couple of years after, but they decided to push it back to do the spinoffs, Lego movie Batman and Lego movie Ninjago. And so it was interesting to think of how they would make Lego movie 2 work when one the newness of it had kind of rubbed off, not only because it has been, you know, five years since the first one, but also because we've seen two other Lego movies. And so the charm of the first one was really in like the razzle dazzle of the animation and just this energy they put into these jokes and these songs and all of that. So, and I saw the other two spinoffs, like we saw Batman, which was actually pretty good and did well critically and in the box office. And then we went and saw Ninjago hoping for the same, but it really wasn't that good. And I think it was the worst. I mean, it definitely was the worst opening for any of the Lego movies. And it only has like 50% on Rotten Tomatoes and people just weren't that impressed with it because it didn't Mm. really, it was not great. I wouldn't recommend it. Batman was fun though. And so coming into the sequel, I, I don't remember what I guessed, but I think I put it really low on our 2019 review just because I was kind of unsure and the trailers weren't really working for me. So when I sat down to watch it, I was pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed it. 
Uh, so I'm looking at our numbers now. Oh, do no. you do you have the current uh, Rotten Tomato score? Yeah, it's at 85. So I put it at 83, and you put oh, it nice. at 65. <laughs> So. I know. Ninjago really took it out of me, you guys. Like, please understand. That was not a good movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's worth really dropping down into the Oscars of the first one at all. Because I was looking oh, up no. that and found it, like, sort of interesting. It was nominated for song, but it was up against yeah. Glory from Selma. So it was, like, never going to win that. <laughs> yeah. But... As I was looking into kind of like the animated Oscar and the voting behind that, I guess the voting for that is really different where you can sign up to be on the like nomination committee for the animated Oscars if you're in the animated branch of the Academy. Mm -hmm. And instead, like in all of the other awards, they you just... Uh, you know, they send you a ballot and it's like, okay, you can nominate five things. You write five things down in order and then, you know, they tabulate that so on and so forth. In the animated branch, because there's so few animated movies that come out every year, like, you know, less than 30, the people are required to watch them all and give each one a score between one and 10. And then it's like whichever movies have the highest score get nominated. So mm. it's not even like a... It's not like a picking and choosing kind of thing. It's you're rating them all like individually by themselves. So I guess like theoretically, maybe you could go through and sort of like lower mm-hmm. the rankings on some to like boost ones you like. But it's it seems like much more difficult to actually like pick the ones that you want versus the ones that you like rank. Or that like it was still a travesty, Matt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was no. It was a shame. (laughs) But I was just like, how did this get not get nominated? Because clearly the animation is so interesting, and it's not like that was a year that it had like a like a Pixar movie and you know other things Mm -hmm. to compete with. I mean, it lost to Big Hero Six, and there was some random stuff in there that I had (laughs) never even heard of. So I was like, how did this happen? Another thing that I wondered is which we didn't really talk about yet in the first one is that the whole premise of the first movie, which you only kind of figure out at the end is that it's basically like people playing. It's a son and a father, like playing with a Lego set in their basement. And so everything that takes place with the Legos is things that, yeah, is things that the, that is happening and basically the dad Mm -hmm. wants like all of the legos to be built following the directions and to be like these beautiful collector's items and he's going to like Mm -hmm. put glue on them all to freeze them all (laughs) into these places and the son just like wants to build big crazy things and mix sets together and do kind of whatever and at the end the father who's played by will ferrell sort of like realizes that he's like restricting his son and then they just decide that they're going to play together and you know do whatever with the sets and not make them look pretty so cute i know did you it's, like the twist were you i did you didn't see it till this year no so had you no i didn't or anything well i i've like vague I feel like I knew vaguely that like Will Ferrell was in the movie as like an Mm -hmm. actual person so I was kind of waiting for that but I couldn't remember all of the specifics but Mm -hmm. I wonder if for some reason because there's that big chunk at the end of the movie that's actual people playing with Mm -hmm. Legos that if that somehow like hurt it in the animation category I don't know it's still very weird but I these are just like thoughts that I had while I was (laughs) watching it no I know it was a rough year for the Oscars everyone was pretty upset because it was just like it was just so original and so fresh and so smart and I think 
as people were waiting for the sequel, it was sort of like, how do you how do you recapture that? Because part of the fun was that twist and like realizing like, whoa, wait, this is actually our world. Like it's like a real life Toy Story type thing. And it was just like, it was such a fun twist to watch happen and to discuss. And they really do a good job of playing with themes and like responding to the cultural zeitgeist of the time. So so coming into the sequel, it was sort of like, well, we already know how this movie operates. We already understand that it exists in this world of our, our world and it's very meta and it's going to be about kids playing with Legos. And so I think it worked in some ways and didn't in others. But I also just like, like, I think someone said like, it's still, everything's still awesome, but just not as not as awesome as the first and it's like true because I think ultimately I really did enjoy this sequel especially as far as sequels usually go but it also wasn't as magical just because that newness had kind of rubbed off and like the enjoyment and excitement of realizing like oh wait this is actually real life and like oh it's a dad and his son like it just didn't have the same punch as it does in the first so I think I mean I don't I don't think there's like a spoiler alert necessary because it wasn't necessarily like a there weren't a lot of twists in the sequel one but to set it up you have um (laughs) i don't know how to start it (laughs) so it it follows like directly at the end of the original because because seconds later yeah how the first one ends is the dad says well (laughs) now that you're allowed to play down here your sister's also allowed to play down here and so you see the lego characters encountering these like duplo creations who are like (laughs) we're gonna eat you or whatever yeah and then the the second movie starts like with that same uh moment and then Mm -hmm. it kind of flashes through this time jump of like ah there's been a war between like the sisters legos and the brothers legos and now we're five years later in this like desolate (laughs) post-apocalyptic wasteland where like the leftovers of the brothers legos are trying to like survive when they know that the sister could come down and just like break things at any moment which i thought was a fun way to start was and so then the real inciting action of the movie is that a version of the sisters Lego comes down and like basically kidnaps the entire main cast <laughs> of the first movie, except for Emmett, the the main construction worker character played by um, Chris Pratt. And so then Chris Pratt has to like go on a mission to outer space, which is basically like up to the sister's bedroom to try to rescue the, the sister system. Yeah, the sister system <laughs> to rescue the um the rest of the characters and i actually i don't know if this is like going to be an unpopular opinion or not but i (laughs) i think i liked this one more than i liked the first one really i I mean i really liked the first one but i felt like this one because it was bigger had like i think it had more like jokes and inside things and references than the first one did that's just not like statistically untrue like they they like counted the jokes in the first one and this one had like one less every two minutes or something well okay maybe not like but i felt like there was more um i don't know there was like more going on in this one in some ways right. it I was guess. more like a 
themes carried throughout rather yes. than just here's yeah. a joke here's a joke here's a joke yeah and this one had music there was a lot of music numbers yeah, that the first musical. one didn't have <laughs> yes and i really thought like all of the songs were catchy i came back and downloaded them all on my spotify and have been <laughs> listening to them since i think they're great yes. but the main thing that or, well, I guess there's two main things that I liked more about this one. One is that the first movie was about this relationship between the dad and the son mm-hmm. and how, like, the dad wants this as a collector's item and the son wants to play with this. And the second movie is much more about the relationship between the brother and the sister. Mm-hmm. And, that, like, the brother has his way of playing with these toys and the sister who's like the younger kid wants to come in and play with her older brother but like is messing things up and I Mm -hmm. found that to be a more relatable storyline for me and I felt like it was a more uh, like easily grabbed onto storyline in general I think because everybody has like a younger sibling or or is the younger sibling who like wants to play with their older sibling Mm -hmm. and the older siblings like get away from me like like (laughs) I'm trying to do this and you're messing it up but that the younger sibling is really just like looking up to the older one they're not trying to screw anything up and so I thought that playing with that dynamic in this movie was really interesting and i felt like the end of it was really emotional because you do kind Mm -hmm. of get this like butting heads between them and trying to like where they're misunderstanding each other i don't know did you not think that was as strong as the original i think it's interesting you say that because i wonder if part of it is just like watching the first one in today's context rather than you know five years ago because i Mm -hmm. think it is interesting the way the creators here are trying to make a timely and um, contemporary statement on like culture. And so the first one is very much about like, oh, the importance of creativity and like owning your interests and like being more free in like your expression and whatever. Whereas this one that takes place in 2019, you know, we're talking a lot more about gender roles, about toxic masculinity, and it does frame it in a really interesting way that does feel more timely and like it's saying something more than maybe the first one seems to say. And so I can see what you mean. And I wonder if I just like the first one because I saw it in the context of, of 2014 rather than 20 comparing it to 2019's themes. Cause I think I definitely did enjoy the film. And at first I wasn't as into it until like the finale, like really tied a neat bow on it that really did like pull on the heartstrings and like made me emotional. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is such a good movie. Like, I love this. What an important theme. And I think that's, what's so smart about what they did is they really did figure out a way like they couldn't rely on the same method of the first one where it was like jokes, 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 references, 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 and plot twist. We're actually making an important statement on like, you know, (laughs) creativity and, and relationships between fathers and sons and whatever. So they already had to operate knowing we knew it existed in the world and they were able to kind of hone in on that emotional vein to carry the story. And so I can see what you mean. I think ultimately the first one was just better to me just because of the newness, because of the jokes, because it was just so dang funny. And this one, I think, struggled to kind of have as much like zany fun, but just because it got a little more complicated. But ultimately, I did like the message at the end. Well, and and I also were you a big Lego person growing up? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> I because me and my brothers were obsessed with them. Like I have yeah. like 
loads and loads and loads of the Harry Potter Lego sets. Like I spent so mm-hmm. much money on those things. And I feel like the the plot of the younger sibling like screwing stuff up for you <laughs> was like a very I was like, yes, I can relate to this one hundred percent. Like yeah. my younger brothers were always I was like, ah, get away from me. And <laughs> and I also thought it was clever how they introduced the like very strange girl Lego sets that they had <laughs> yeah. that they were trying to make and sort of sell at some point. And then they yeah. kind of realized, wait, why do we have to make these different for girls? Like they'll like the <laughs> same thing. So I liked how that was kind of in this one as well yeah. as sort of an undercut message. But the other thing that I really liked about this movie that they didn't have in the first one is kind of like the big spoiler twist of this where, mm-hmm. and I guess let's get into the spoiler yeah, if there yeah. is one of this movie. But the first <laughs> one, you know, the big twist is like, oh, this isn't just Legos. It's actually in the real world, which, and you know that yeah. the whole time in this one. So that's not the twist. But the right. twist is that the whole time uh, Chris <laughs> Pratt's character Emmett stumbles upon this kind of like heightened version of himself who's this action hero named Rex along the way and it's him and Rex trying to save his friends from all of the sisters Legos and then at a certain point you realize that it's actually the sisters Legos who who are the good guys and that Rex is the bad guy and he's trying Mm -hmm. to like sabotage Emmett uh, for various reasons, some of which involve complicated time travel, which is hard to get into. But <laughs> I liked that twist that it's like, oh, you think the whole time that the sister's the bad guy because that's like the obvious yeah. choice, but that that's not. She just wants to like play with these with her brother and that it's actually this other toy that's the bad thing. So I, I don't know. I liked that. I know. As well. I think it was so smart and I loved it. I think a lot of people are trying to ride on this like woke train in movies where they're like, see, we're feminist and like, here's a feminist character at the end. But I really respect um, the creators here and the writers and the director's choices. Cause I think it does actually unpack a lot about like, toxic masculinity and these expectations of gender and how we raise boys and girls differently because yeah like the boy he wants like you know structured play in a way where he's he's resistant to his girly sparkly pink and purple sister stuff he's like that has no place here i'm a serious boy i want to have this mad max world where we like fight and survive and and he creates Emmett's side character who's like this personification of like how we treat this idea of toxic masculinity which is like oh we have to be strong and independent and like badass all the time no time for your happy go lucky self like get that out of here it's time to destroy rather than build like we have to punch and punch down instead of like make and think outside the box and i think you like have this energy throughout the plot where it's like, yeah, Emmett has to grow up. He has to become tough. He has to drop this like naive approach to life and realize like there's some bad things you have to take care of. And that's like the energy throughout the plot. And then you find out like the sister is just trying to play. She just wants to have fun. She's using her pieces to play in a world and trying to connect with her brother. And like, and there isn't anything inherently wrong with being you know, happy-go-lucky and a little more sparkly. And, like, you see that in the other side story with Wildstyle, who's, like, the tough-as-nails chick played by Elizabeth Banks, who's the hero in the first one and kind of, you know, she's, you know, dark and brooding and whatever. But then you find out that actually she's 
she once existed in this sparkly purple pink world where she was happy go lucky and you know everything is awesome was kind of her jam and so i think the movie works really well on this meta level where it's kind of giving this commentary on like why are we constantly trying to pick and choose what characteristics are valuable or what gender should have what sort of skills and like we think the feminine thing should be kicked off like wild style doesn't want the feminine sparkly makeover she doesn't want the feminine world of the sister system she's trying to like prove oh no 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 i'm tough i'm cool i can play with the boys and then through the movie you realize like wait these can all be like married you know literally personified through the marriage of um batman (laughs) and like you can have fun and like you can still be creative and like enjoy life without feeling like you have to quote unquote grow up you know Mm -hmm. yeah this movie did a really good job of showing nuanced versions of things which i think is something that another movie we saw recently called serenity also did a really good job (laughs) of you know kind of making you think outside the box just not hitting you with a with an easy uh easy lesson Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's not easily broken down into a soundbite for sure i mean hopefully anne hathaway would respect this film as much as she seems to respect serenity i guess here's a question for you which movie had the better bruce willis performance glass or the lego movie (laughs) 2 the lego movie 2 i loved that part i think that is part of the fun of the lego movie is you just they just get to have so much fun i mean they even make a reference where they're like Marvel won't return our calls because there are there are no Marvel characters yes. in either of the in any of the Lego movies cuz Marvel just won't give them the rights or whatever. And I think that's just so funny and like Jason Momoa played Aquaman in this one and like you have a funny bit with Superman and Green Lantern and I think it's just like it's such a fun movie like a world to exist in. Well, and I love that the whole uh, thing that they're trying to fight against is that the mom is going to take all the Legos <laughs> and put them in a in a bin yeah, called called really relatable our mom get in or whatever. But yeah, but, our mom but the best in. part is when she's taking them away. The Abraham Lincoln <laughs> uh, minifigure gets thrown in the bin, and he goes, "Oh, dang it! I had theater tickets tonight." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh my gosh, this is so good." Yeah, and there's like. Batman has a song um, called Not Into Gotham Guys that references literally every actor who's ever played Batman. Uh And it was amazing. And then Emmett's Emmett's, mirror character, Rex, is like a galaxy-defending archaeologist, cowboy, and raptor trainer, which are all things that he's done. Yeah, Chris Pratt has done. done. (laughs) And so it's just like they had so much fun making these inline jokes that well, you have to be really into pop culture are like a huge part <laughs> oh, yeah. of the movie and i was like <laughs> yeah. at what point along this process did someone be like we're gonna basically just make fun of your <laughs> jurassic park uh character like yeah. for the whole movie it's not like a one line joke like it's oh, it no. just there. keeps going yeah. and going and going <laughs> Yeah. Well, Reg's danger vest, like, introductory joke is like, oh, you have a chiseled jawline and hiding under baby fat. And that's like a direct reference to Chris Pratt's transition to sculpted superhero. So, yeah. And Bruce Willett's spit was funny. 
Bruce Willis, yeah, he was great. And I, and then I was like, <laughs> was there a Bruce Willis like Lego at some point that I like? Was there a um, like, like a diehard Lego set? Can I buy this? Yeah. Like, where is this? And I don't think yeah. there was. I I looked it up I and know. I couldn't find anything. So I'm so sorry. <laughs> and they reference the Harry Potter movies at some point. Yeah, they they yeah. reference uh, the Scooby Doo Lego sets. They reference mm-hmm. Gandalf. Like it's <laughs> there's so much great stuff. And, yeah. and then the mom at the end turns out to be Maya Rudolph, who I think is always <laughs> funny and everything. And I yes. don't know. Did you recognize the sister? Yeah, she's from the Florida Project. I know. I know. I started. So I was cute. like, oh, she's back Uh. (laughs) yeah and i also i mean i think this was true in the first one too but one of the best parts is always the credit song and this one was done by the lonely island which is andy samberg's group and it was so funny and like i just you have to sit through the whole things because it's just amazing it's just all about how the credits are the best part and like the actors we finally get to the actors and they they deserve all our praise because they worked so hard for the four hours they had to be in the studio just so funny it's yeah. just everyone on board had fun and they're singing about like the actual credits that are coming up and at one point they're like <laughs> yeah. oh yeah and our favorite associate producer like timothy whatever and then like that yeah. person's name shows up on the on the yeah. marquee like you have to think that that person is like this is hysterical like like when yeah. <laughs> I'm just this random person on the thing and now I'm being called out in the credit song. Do you oh, think like, okay. So the, in the first one, the song, everything was awesome was nominated for an Academy award for best song. Mm-hmm. Do you think that like, if you had to pick a song from this movie that you feel like is going to be nominated, <laughs> like what, what do you think it would be? I don't know. I mean, I love the catchy song. Cause it is just like, it's right on my alley. I love pop songs i love earworms and this is literally just the catchiest song about a song getting stuck in your head but i feel like everything is not awesome actually really resonated with me because i feel like that's like where we are right like the world is a mess and sometimes you just feel depressed and you want to brood like wild style in the beginning and you're just like man like everything's not awesome but then they're like you know what it doesn't have to be but we can keep trying like building it lego brick by lego brick you know Mm -hmm. and i just thought that was sweet so i guess probably one of the that sentimental one would but the not gotham city guys is actually really clever and funny too my favorite song in the movie was the one that the evil queen lady (laughs) sings about how she's not evil where she just like keeps protesting that she's not and i felt like i could relate to that because i will say because i feel like everything i say sounds sarcastic and i'll say something meaning for it to be serious and people be like oh like no you're being sarcastic i'm like no guys like i'm not i'm not being sarcastic i'm like actually trying to give you a compliment right here and they're like yeah sure sure whatever yeah one of my favorite lines or something is when the like one of the, the like alien like robot kidnapper lady, the sidekick of the evil queen, oh, like, yeah. takes off her mask and you realize she's just this pink haired, like loving creature. And she's like, yeah, I was just trying to like, I was trying to talk to you in a language you'd understand being like the little sister trying to toughen up for her brother's respect. And, like, yeah. So she could play along on this like alien Mad Max world because that's the only way he'd play with her. And I think that was just such a sweet like byline to have too is like we're constantly just trying to like 
make it work and they're all just misunderstood and she's like no I'm really not evil like I just didn't know how to communicate that in the in the way I've been told to play and so another great theme honestly <laughs> uh, I know am I talking you into thinking that this movie is better than the first one because it, it's like it's, there's just so much there <laughs> yeah I guess it depends on what you're looking for because yeah. it is like the first one's jokes are just so funny and there's just so many that you're just dizzy watching it and this one is just more like the themes really sneak up on you and then they just like hit you right in the heart and yep. you're just like oh <laughs> and Bruce Willis and Bruce Willis and is Bruce also in Willis this one. yeah um, I know <laughs> so on the now later never topic yes thoughts I think everyone should see this because it actually has not been doing well in the box office. Like it had a really slow opening. Um, I think it's like it was expected to gross like, I don't know, 50 to 55 million. And now they've lowered it to 31 million because it only had like 1.5 from Thursday night previews. And I'm like, everyone get off your butts and go see this. Like, I just think it's worth it. So I have I have a theory. Everything yeah. this year has been doing poorly in the box office. Like every week I read the box office reports and they're like, we're down from last yeah. year, like not as good, like not as good from last year. Yeah. And the amounts that they sort of like project that the movies are going to do, they keep missing and doing less well. But I think that part of that is because they're basing things off of last year's numbers and last year had movie pass yeah. where everybody was just oh, going yeah. to see everything <laughs> at this time of year. And this year, That's yeah, some true. of those people have rolled over into AMC stubs, but you have a lot of people who didn't. And so if it's not a movie that they are like really want to see, and especially since right. people just saw a bunch of stuff over the holidays, I feel like there's less of a draw to You're go out and something. see something. And really, yeah, I think this week also suffered a little bit from that. Like, this is a kids movie, which people mm-hmm. with kids would maybe go see. But there's not like the uh, the counter programming is like the Liam Neeson movie and the oh, uh, yeah. and what the men what men want. And I and I don't mm-hmm. think that either of those are necessarily like have a big draw or have been doing super well. So I think that it's just kind of like there's not a lot of stuff in the theaters to get like a group of people to go see. Right. And if it's just the Lego movie and you don't have the movie pass <laughs> anymore and it's the sequel. So it's like if you didn't see the first yeah. one like I didn't, then you're not necessarily invested to go see the second one. But I definitely think it's worth going and seeing. I mean, what else is out? Yeah. Nothing. Rent the first <laughs> one. If you haven't seen it, it's yeah. good. I'm an adult and saw it by myself. I thought it was great. (laughs) And then go see the second one. Yeah, it's honestly just a fun time. And it's nice to go to a movie, especially after the like onslaught of, you know, serious uh, Oscar contenders. Yes. Just have fun in a movie. And who knows? Walk away. Maybe this will be (laughs) one of next year's serious Oscar contenders. I have to think. that I have to feel like that they, unless there's like a real amazing stuff coming down the pike. (laughs) I mean, I guess you have Toy Story four. Yeah, and like I don't know if like would the new Lion King count as animation? I guess it would. (laughs) But I don't know. They keep calling it live action. So (laughs) who knows? Um, Suck it. But I think that this movie is great and would hopefully get. A nomination from that unless other crazy yeah. things happen which you know it could, that could be the <laughs> we'll case we're know. early on yeah. in the year but <laughs> i know yeah but i was glad to be so wrong in my rotten tomatoes prediction yeah so i'll own it it was a good movie <laughs> okay so now are we going to go back to ariana grande 
Yes, love it or hate it, Ariana Grande. She released her new album, Thank You Next, which came out like six months after her last album, Sweetener. And it's in response to her whirlwind, like really god awful summer where she got engaged to Pete Davidson. Her ex boyfriend died in an overdose. Then Pete Davidson wouldn't shut up about their sex life and like whatever else was going on behind the scenes. They broke up and she released Thank You Next, a, a like self love anthem about not needing no man. So everyone's been really stoked for this album and she released it on Friday. Yeah, Thursday yeah, at Friday midnight. Night. So Friday. Yeah. And it's a 12 song record. Um, she's already released Thank You Next, Imagine, and Seven Rings. So it's a pretty small album, but it was, I actually am a big fan now. I haven't always loved Ariana's stuff. I mean, I think her early stuff was really hard to like literally hear because she kind of mumbles like you were saying, like she has like a low energy presentation for whatever reason. But I've been more and more into her songs, I think, because she's feeding this part of me, which is why I love Taylor Swift, too, is like, I like knowing the like, I like the diary style songs. I like knowing the gossip behind the songs. I like having a story behind the song because I think it makes it more engaging. And so this record is really personal for an Ariana Grande record because most of the time, and part of the reason I haven't liked her, is she's paired with a lot of these you know, really talented or up and coming artist. She's constantly having featured tracks. She's constantly changing like producers and whatever to get different sounds, different songs. And so it's always felt like Ariana has been this vehicle for these earworm songs, but they weren't ever like Ariana's songs. And I, though she admits that she's not the sole writer on any of these songs, she does seem to be present in a lot more of them than I've noticed in like previous albums. Like, even Sweetener, she said No Tears Left to Cry was like about her experience with the Manchester bombing, but it didn't like feel like it, right? Because it was just like this nonsense song about like dancing in the club and it didn't have like a story, a narrative to it. Whereas these songs like really do feel like you can you can be like, oh, this song's about Pete Davidson. Oh, this song's about Mac Miller. Oh, this song is about like her relationship with her friends, whatever. So I actually really loved it. And I think a lot of the songs are like really fun and clever. Like NASA is like a whole song based on this pun where she like needs space in a relationship. And I just think it's such a fun, clever song. And then her emotional one is Ghostin', which is about being in a relationship, but still mourning or being in love with her ex and like it's obviously about being with Pete Davidson after Mac Miller died and how she's like crying over him and feeling so guilty about like missing her ex while she's in bed with her current boyfriend and like it's actually a really sad but like sincere song and it's not like Pete Davidson sucks or anything it's just like man I was in such a tough place and you really tried and like I'm sorry I couldn't be better so I think it's good, and I'm excited to go to her concert. It finally motivated me to buy the ticket, oh, so <laughs> I'm a stan. <laughs> yeah, I I did not particularly <laughs> like this album. For me, like I need like more energy behind. Something. Yeah, I I see what you mean, and the whole, especially if you're a Katy Perry fan. Yeah, I mean, 
I I just want something that like has a like good beat to it or that you could like mm-hmm. dance to. Like if you're giving me pop songs, like that's what I'm looking for. I mean, she's not. Right. I feel like she's not giving you like a lot of artistry, so it needs right. to be like something catchy and kind of that you can get yeah. into really quickly. And I think that the songs by her that I've liked the best are those type of song, like um mm-hmm. whatever like the one less problem without you song is or yeah. <laughs> um the one that she sings with Jesse right. J where well, also she yeah. has a good voice and in yeah. those two songs she's really like using it I felt like in this mm-hmm. it sort of feels like she came to the studio like half asleep <laughs> sort of like wandered through some things never really like got to her full vocal potential on anything mm-hmm. and then left and I needed it to have more oomph to it. Like I under, I can, I definitely understand the appreciation of like, ah, uh, let's go through her songs as a treasure hunt. But yeah. <laughs> at least with like Taylor Swift's albums, her last, her, I mean, her first several were like, you know, whatever country, but the last <laughs> two, she's at least had like Jack Antonoff on there as a producer right. who is really good at like bringing these like catchy, fun beats to right. it. So she can write her, secret passage let's Ooh. find the like missing links in these <laughs> the lyrics point, yeah. and then lay them over something that Jack Antonoff is doing so that at least it's like really bubbly and fun and Taylor right. Swift despite the fact that she's not maybe like the best vocalist she at least sounds like she's trying to be a good vocalist where Ariana Grande in this album for me <laughs> was just like not trying she was like the kid who's too cool for yeah, school and I choir practice I think, though, she's been, like, criticized for sometimes just using a song as an excuse to show her range. So I think it's sort of like a you-can't-win-it-all situation. Because I think here she is trying to highlight more of, like, the story rather than, like, look at my look at my riffs I can do. But I do see, like, what you mean. Because it is a different sound. But I think she... What I've noticed is, like, you know, with Katy Perry, with Lady Gaga, even Taylor Swift, you do have these, like you have the chorus, you have the bridge and you have the verses and there's a structure there that's like really easy to get into. Whereas Mm -hmm. Ariana Grande, it's more like she just has these trap beats that like just go throughout the song. So there's not like a lot of variation. So it can start to feel very like repetitive. Yes. And so if you're not like into anything else going on, I can see like why they're not, they're not necessarily catchy in your traditional sense. And there's a lot of the uh, like... I'm too cool like girl in your <laughs> choir who thinks she should be on American Idol doing a lot of the like you know like yeah. it's like this is just one note you don't need to make it 85 notes for whatever reason <laughs> like just calm down yeah yeah I mean it's not everyone's cup of tea but I would just I loved it say that <laughs> there is a way that you can like present an interesting story and feel mm-hmm. like you're trying hard and have songs yeah. that are catchy, but also <laughs> songs that are like heartfelt. And that is called lemonade. So, you know, <laughs> just yeah. try to get on the level. Yeah. But she has done like, like in my head is like, I think she's picked really interesting themes for the songs in this album, which is part of what's fun because you get to see a lot more of Ariana and like what she's thinking and what she feels in these relationships rather than like, oh, here's a song about, you know, dancing in a club. And here's a song about this. It's more like 
you know, break up with your girlfriend, I'm bored is a silly, fun song. But ultimately, it's like, there's a message there. And in my head is another one off the album where it's like, she's in a relationship where she wants the boy to be more than he is. And she's just been stuck in this thinking like, oh, well, I see him as this angel. I see him as this good guy. And sort of like, they're like themes that people can relate to and kind of attach to if you've been through a relationship like that, or you've, you've like, you know, been trying to like find a way out of a relationship like that. So I think that's maybe why it's more up my alley for Ariana Grande, because it does feel like more grounded almost. Here's a question for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, does your Taylor Swift podcast co-host Ashley like Ariana Grande? <laughs> and will you be doing an uh, an episode where you like go through and decipher the hidden meanings on these tracks after I you? No, I feel like we should because you rejected my... <laughs> Yeah, I want to because I think they're really interesting tracks and I get so excited talk gossiping about him. So I'll have to figure that out. I mean, we'll, here's we'll the do thing. an Ariana episode. It really wasn't <laughs> me rejecting the Ariana Grande episode. It was <laughs> it was the world and the universe rejecting it because <laughs> we already were gonna talk about the Lego movie, which you had specifically yeah. asked for, so we couldn't really get rid of that. <laughs> and then next week we're doing our year end movie rankings, which really I this know, is the last opportunity that and then this the Oscars. So I guess that You're in right. four weeks we could do an episode on a on a CD that came out a month no, ago, but it's fine. You know, if just... anyone wants to talk about the hidden meanings in the Ariana Grande album, you can tweet me or <laughs> direct message me on Instagram or Twitter, and I'll go into it with you because I have theories on all of them. Oh my so. gosh! <laughs> or just start a new <laughs> podcast, Shelby. Yeah. Your third podcast, Ariana Grande. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, but what about you? Is your hate it that you just hated Ariana? No, I mean, else? I had a hard time like coming up with something this week because I've again watched more of these like Oscar movies, but I was like, this is getting old yeah. and pretentious of me to just kind of keep talking about these, uh, you know. And I'm trying to relate to the masses, um, right? Right. Of course. So, of course. So I was like, what are what. And I knew that you were going to be talking about this at some point. And I was like, <laughs> what is like, what have I been listening to recently that is good music wise? And I'm not like a huge <laughs> music person, but I will say that I earlier, like, I guess it would have been last year. Troy Sivan came out with a new album that I really mm-hmm. liked. Mm-hmm. And then also the musician Love, L-A-U-V, I had an album that was really good. And the two of them together released a song called I'm So Tired uh, like maybe a week or so ago and that is very catchy and I have been listening to that on repeat Ooh, so I would highly okay. recommend that song if you <laughs> uh, like catchy type songs I don't know have, do you like okay. that one I'm sure you've heard it I haven't heard it really so, I mean maybe it's popped up on something but I don't know it off the top of my it's head great. so I'll go listen to it are you a Troy Sivan yeah. fan yeah I do I've liked some of his stuff I'm not I'm usually not a stan, right? So the Ariana Grande like obsession is new to me. <laughs> and I think it's just because there's this gap in my life without Taylor Swift yeah. being dramatic. So, but yeah, I'll definitely listen to it. I think it's good. We gave everyone so much to like yeah. listen to and enjoy. And <laughs> the thing with Troy Sivan <laughs> is he has like two modes. He has one mode that is like an Ariana Grande mode where it's like the song yeah. is slow and it's like, what is going on here? Like, are you actually singing? Like what's <laughs> happening? Low energy. But then for about half of his stuff, he like really gets rare and to go. And he's in that like my, my, yeah. my mode where it's just like, it's pumping oh, yeah. and he's singing and it's great. And this song is in that 
sphere. So it works. Nice. Really well. I'm sure I'll love it. Yeah. Awesome. I'm easy to please, though. I love yeah. <laughs> all pop yeah. music, basically. Oh, but yeah, good stuff to focus on. And I think, um, like Matt said, we are officially doing our 2018 in review next week, which might end up being a little longer of an episode. But we saw a lot of movies. So there's a lot to rank and kind of parse through how, what that says about us, you know? Yes. <laughs> our yes. top 10 versus our bottom <laughs> 55 yeah but, um, <laughs> it'll be good something to look forward to for sure yeah and if you're looking for our fake fights uh there, there will <laughs> yeah. definitely be some very real fights i'm sure <laughs> yeah. as we're I know. going through these lists so i don't even i don't even know if i'm ready for that like honestly seeing what you ranked the tv premieres and they were all basically <laughs> garbage but it still really rocked my boat so well luckily serenity is not in this year's uh, <laughs> list so you won't yeah. have to deal with that It'd be like number five sadly yeah. serenity's been knocked down to number two so it had a short oh, a week-long tenure in the number one slot but well i'm glad i made a Lego <laughs> movie then <laughs> Uh, important work well uh, follow us on social media we're PS You're Wrong you can talk to Shelby about uh, (laughs) Ariana Grande or uh, you know about anything else that your heart desires you can also leave us (laughs) reviews on Apple which would be great and otherwise we will see you next week for our super long year end review ranking (laughs) episode which is going to be great I'm so excited for sure. Okay, see you guys next week. Bye.